And welcome, welcome, welcome to the next episode of The Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pena. And we're here to talk to you about movies, TV, music, and whatever else we want to talk about it. Let's get to the news. First piece of news, a little bit of Netflix news. Mark Miller has talked about a few of his new series coming to Netflix. We have a new spy series called Magic Order, uh, an animated, sorry, an animated adaptation of Super Crooks, a series based off his comic American Jesus, a film ad- adaptation of Reborn, starring Sandra Bullock. Jesus. Yeah, and I think that's it. There's there's a kind of a list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he's got a movie about TV show, and he's got an anime about a comic book two separate things yeah well yeah he's actually got three things within the magic order that's four things and then jupiter's legacy that came out last week that's five i just meant in this piece of information yes 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 this is (laughs) this is uh part of that deal that netflix struck with miller to buy his rights to miller world that's his shared universe of stories blah 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 Mm -hmm. And that's what's coming out of it. Some more Netflix right. news. Uh, Knives Out 2 casting. They have added to the cast Dave Bautista, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, and Catherine Hahn. Now the first day, Knives Out was pretty star-studded, so it's kind of no surprise. And pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like, hopefully it recaptures the uh, the magic of the first one. Did you watch um, Murder on the Orient Express? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I watched that and I went, you know what? That was actually surprisingly decent. You know, it was a nice little take and a, a thing that hadn't been done in any recent memory. A you long know? time, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, Knives Out came out. And Knives Out is in that same whodunit, but also, like, pays a lot of homage to, like, those older fucking, like, 1940s through 70s, like... Again, detective, murder, mystery, dinner party, weird, like, upper fucking class English or, like, American society. Right. Uh, and this uh, very clearly was just that, so I was really pleasantly surprised. It made me almost like Murder on the Orient Express uh, less because of how well Night's Out was done. Uh, so I'm excited for this one and the announcement of fucking Batista and Ed Norton um, and Janelle Monet to an extent. Uh, screams that, again, it's going to cost him a bunch of money uh, I'm just million cu- per. I'm just curious like what the fuck can the plot be about if they're still using numbnuts as detective whoever like because he's a detective he just goes on another case I know I'm just like I, I don't know it feels it's almost a little about, bit oh. oh I know I'm saying I get that that's how these work historically I'm just saying I think it could have been more interesting if it literally wasn't like a sequel right and just another snapshot in time and it could have been the same town it could have been the same family it could have been you know the detective's grandpa it could have been yeah. literally just any other detective like true detective does it right like you just pick a place anywhere with detectives and now you got a detective story that actually you know i really like the idea of them doing one set in you know the past or something and it's daniel craig's character's grandfather as a detective right. yeah that'd actually be really cool um so we'll see i guess but i'm just yeah i'm confused really is all i will say you know now that you bring up uh murder on the orient express i actually kind of liked that more 
after watching Knives Out because really? it was actually a mystery. Oh yeah, Knives yeah. Out didn't really do that. It had like the why do- it kind of spoiled the mystery like halfway through the movie, and you were just figuring out how done it, you know. Um, which I you know that that's good and all. It's I don't hate it because I really enjoyed that movie, but I liked Murder on the Orient Express. Is just. Right, it was classic, just all the way through. Right, uh, I didn't guess the ending, you know. Yeah, see, I guess that's my problem, is that I get hyper-focused on guessing the ending, I can't enjoy the movie, wow. and then I guess it, and I'm like, wow, that sucked. <laughs> you know, like, and of course, that, I still thought that was a good movie, but in general, that's like kind of my take, so, or this went, well, yeah, you knew who did it, and you could probably get to some of those things, but like, for sure, you couldn't have guessed, because they could have just done it one of a hundred ways. So once you knew the person, you it allowed me the freedom to be, you know, at least play out other scenarios of how, and that made it interesting. And they went with one of those, so uh, I don't know. That's you know, funny to me. I, the I, I, take that. Well, I don't think I'll ever get the chance to recommend this on stream, but John, have you ever watched Columbo? Columbo like OG? Yeah, yeah like OG Columbo? Uh-uh. No. We'll see uh, the whole hook of the show, or, you know, what makes it different, it's gimmick, is that you see the murder happen. And you see all the characters, like, you see the murderer commit the murder. But then you have to figure out how Columbo captures or figures it out. It's not like, Monk. there's no mystery to it. Is that Monk. how Monk works? Yeah. Well, Columbo's like 30 years before Monk, so I don't want to be that guy. But Monk's guy. better. <laughs> but Monk's better. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Peter Falk. No. Tony Shalhoub. No, 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 no. Okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll ask anybody who cares enough to answer. Uh, who's yeah. better? Tony I'll, put, I'll put a poll out. Peter I'll put a poll out this week on Insta. We'll, actually, we'll get the we'll get the survey says. I really wonder what people would say. All right, uh, on to some more news. Mark Wahlberg's new action thriller Infinite is coming straight to Paramount Plus. It was supposed to come out in theaters in August. It is not doing that. Uh, the uh, tagline is: A man is haunted by the fact that he demonstrates skills and, that he has never learned and has memories of places that he has never visited. Um, this is implying reincarnation, apparently. Right. Yeah. I don't know why these action movies keep coming out. These, just these weird movies with a twist or with a gimmick. Right. <laughs> yeah. it's, well, that's, that's the whole thing. Is You can sell a man killing people pretty easily. All you need is why is he killing people or what is he killing people with or, you know. And they go, oh, well, it's because he lives double lives, and now he's being chased by the secret government that's controlling people's knowledge about their past lives and whatever. You know, it's just like... It reminds me of that, uh, the... What's his face? Liam Neeson, that's our Jesus. Uh, Liam Neeson action movie we talked about a few weeks ago, where he just doesn't have good memory. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's an action movie, but he doesn't have good memory. Right, yeah, well, and he's like a hitman or something, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, the movie also stars Chiwetel Ejiofor, which is pretty much the only aspect of it that I'm excited for because he always kills and it. And he's, he's the goat. He's always undersold. I feel as though he should be higher up there when I just look at the zeitgeist of actors. Um, I just feel like he's always underutilized. He's underutilized in Doctor Strange. But he, he was in there for... 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then it's like, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, Oscar nominee, Chiwetel Ejiofor, <laughs> you're right. gone. We're never going to use you ever again. You know. 
as one does. All right, John. We had to bring it up again at least one or two more times this year. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but Legends of the Hidden Temple was supposed to be rebooted on Queeby. Right. And since that didn't turn out too hot, apparently CW has bought the rights. Uh, nice. This is going to be an adult-oriented Legends of the Hidden Temple. Apparently it's going to be the same thing, just with adults. Cool. Not the worst thing I can think of, honestly. It's weird. That I mean, it's definitely not the worst. Definitely not the worst, but definitely interesting. I, it's definitely better than some game shows that are coming out these days. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of some of them, like Shazam It. Where it's literally the music app Shazam, and they have to beat a timer for the music to recognize. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that was a Jamie Foxx one. He hosted that one. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would really, I'd rather we get Legends of the Hidden Temple game shows. For and sure. Stuff like for that. Sure. I just, I don't, like, why, man? Why? I think Netflix does their originals totally fine for game show slash reality TV stuff. But Shazam it? Is that like... Oh, we're talking about Shazam it. Uh, that... oh, just, just like, I'm happy that this show would be coming out instead of something else like Shazam it. Or, you know, it's the voice, but instead of singing, they're painting. And you're just like, stop. Wait a minute. No. Hold on. I think, no. I think you just did something. <laughs> no. <laughs> the brush. The, the medium. <laughs> medium no no it's over it's what, fine. you're not a fan of uh, uh card sharks where it's literally just you draw a card. Is that the magic one oh. no no you draw a card the contestant draws a card a big card on a screen so it's not even a real card um they draw a card and they have to guess if the next one's higher or lower yeah it's a lot of skill a lot of thought went into that game show i mean at least deal or no deal had some kind of element of a skill or like a risk assessment if you want to call it where the bank would make you an offer thing right how can you add any kind of personal non just gambling to a higher low baby all right take a shot i don't know man dax shepherd hosts it <laughs> it's it's currently on abc i'm pretty sure they must be hurting for money yeah game shows just print out money i don't know what it is there's some audience out there that still watches them every night uh but it doesn't seem like it's gonna stop and if cw's any any indication not gonna stop all right moving on to news about regina king apparently she is going to get back behind the director's chair and direct an adaptation of bitter root it is a comic book series set during the Harlem Renaissance and follows a family of monster hunters who must defend New York City from an evil force that threatens them to transform into creatures. Uh, this is going to be produced by Ryan Coogler, and I don't know if Regina King's going to star in it, but, you know, either way, I still need to see One Night in Miami, which is... Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen One Night in Miami either. It kind of looked corny. I don't know why. It did, it gave but off really. I can't be really excited. Yeah, I can't be excited about this because I don't know her directing style, you know? So it's like, I, I want to talk more about this, but at the same time, I haven't seen her past works. Right. Uh, I mean, it, from the, just the premise, it sounds interesting. Like, Harlem Renaissance is hardly ever talked about, period. 
and it's based on a comic book, you said? Yes. So, at the very least, there's, like, you know, anime cartoon elements that they're going to have to adapt live action, which, again, if done right, it's usually pretty cool. Again, has to be done right, and that's a rare occurrence. But it kind of sounds like if Ghostbusters were black and in the 20s, which could be cool. Yeah, you know what? I, I would dig a Ghostbusters like that. Yeah. Harlem Renaissance Ghostbusters. I'm not, I'm not sure if they would do that since that new one's coming out. That soft reboot. I don't know what right. that's... Well, um... again, yeah, we don't even need to talk about it. But <laughs> these are monster hunters, so it's not ghost hunters, so it's a little different. But... Totally different. Totally different. All right, uh, another new project has been announced. It's going to be titled Little Demon. It will air on FXX and then air on FX and Hulu day after, however that system works, yada yada. It'll be about the Antichrist, and it's going to be a slice-of-life comedy set in Delaware. It's going to star uh, Aubrey Plaza and Danny DeVito. In addition... Go ahead. ahead. In addition to Dane DeVito's daughter, who doesn't really have a whole lot of work behind her, and I forgot to write her name down, so sorry, Mrs. DeVito. (laughs) Or Miss DeVito, you know. She apparently is going to produce the show, so I assume she's the creative force behind it. We'll be seeing that later this year, or early next year. I think it said December, January. All right, so I'm not sure if you've been reading up about the Golden Globes, John. Well, I, I, the thing I was going to bring up, uh, oh. did you ever watch the show Reaper? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Wasn't that a CW show? Yeah, I was going to ask. I couldn't remember if it was CW or not, but it's funny that this is going to be, a, you know, FXX, Hulu, you know, devil in the modern day kind of thing. And I guess Reaper, he's not a, his child, whereas the Antichrist is like, you know, a demon spawn of Satan kind of thing, but... Like, the whole premise of that show was that the dude's parents, like, sold the kid's soul to the devil. Right. And so he's just, like, constantly having to go do the devil's dirty work, so... Where's that and this is supposed to... That had the dude from Dale and Tucker vs. Evil. That's the only, yeah. like, person I remember from that fucking show. Yeah, I don't know who um, played Reaper. Yeah. Or, who, uh, or whatever the main character's title Let me look at uh ray wise totally yeah that's that's a household name i definitely know him you know that ray wise project from ray last wise. year a couple years ago twin peaks apparently he's in and all the oh. jeepers creepers he has a recognizable face for sure but i don't think he's in anything good as far as i could tell anyway doesn't matter but if this is even remotely like reaper uh I think it'd be cool, and of course, Danny DeVito can do no wrong, and Aubrey Plaza is funny as shit too. So, see, I don't really have high hopes. I just assume this is going to be like uh, Solar Opposites, or. But, but see, I don't even have know, a. Pro- but my problem with Solar Opposites is that Rick and Morty exists. I think Solar Opposites could have been really funny, but it's literally just, you know, be yeah, well, Rick and Morty. See, I, I think Solar Opposites just is more in line with like the family sitcom, animated family sitcom, like Simpsons, American Dad stuff. So. Mm-hmm. I think this is just going to be that, but with demon jokes. I mean, sure, I'll watch it. I'll probably watch it. I'm not going to lie. but I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it should just be a little Nicky the Animated Show. I think that's what it really should be. Get, Get Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler and all his friends. <laughs> yes. Get the pug back. Oh, God. 
Taco Bell dog, just fucking do the whole thing. Okay, uh, yeah, John, have you been reading about the Golden Globes lately? Oh, I'm just the biggest Golden Globes fan there yeah, is. Yeah, you know? Okay, well, too bad. They've been canceled by NBC. Thank they, God. They will not be airing this year, and this is in light of some recent drama that the association behind the Golden Globes has stirred up a bit. The, yeah, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association apparently has 100 journalists and 100 white journalists. Um, which nice. is a little weird if you're like critiquing movies and in 2021. Right. Yeah. It's Where, crazy to me. What, like three of the main movies were specifically about like black issues? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a little weird that you would have absolutely zero diversity like it's not like really oscar nominated best picture that's what i was referencing yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah. uh it's not even a problem like oh you know you have less than you should or whatever you have zero come on guys <laughs> like, what yeah. you think 100, just, you yeah, think 100 people of the same race like represent cinema right all of it <laughs> They just have the best taste because their taste matches mine. <laughs> it's crazy to me that they would just think this is an oversight or something or, you know, look at the roster and be like, yeah, those names look pretty good. Let's get them on the board. Here's how they should do like the Oscars or the Golden Globe. Like one of them, I'm, I don't care if they make one like an elitist Hollywood thing, but then there should be this other one where like randomly throughout the year for a different movie, like at the theater, people get randomly selected on their ticket for a survey, and then you are the one nominating the film. <laughs> okay, we both know that would turn out for, like, Adam Sandler getting countless yes. nominations. <laughs> yes. Because I think 100 out. random people would be the worst description, but somehow, obviously, the best capture of what, like, American tastes are. So. Well, it'd be better than whatever the HFPA Yeah, whatever this is. is. Yeah. It'd be 100% better. Uh, yeah, so NBC has canceled it. Netflix has said they are going to refuse any sort of press conference or anything about the Golden Globes, and they're not going to send in their movies to the Golden Globes. Uh, multiple actors have spoke out against it. So HFPA in a little hot water right now. You know, getting yeah. your your one award show canceled. Like Yeah, that's it. Yep. I don't know what else you guys do, but Golden Globe seems pretty big. Guess not. For sure. You know, guess you don't care enough. <laughs> but it just—I don't know. It's—it's it's mind blowing. Is all. That's all. Uh, NBC has said that they are open to airing it next year, but it is not happening this year. Oh, like and assumingly airing the correct one for that respective year, right? Like yeah, not like yeah, yeah. going back and redoing it for this no, year. No, no, giving them a shot next year. Giving the HFPA a shot next year. To maybe, you know, get aired on NBC, which I would say brings in a few views getting aired on NBC primetime, you know? Probably just a few. All right, uh, next piece of news isn't really news, but I did want to drop it because I'm excited for this movie. A uh, trailer for The Green Knight has come out. It's going to be directed by David Lowry, who directed Pizza Dragon and A Ghost Story. I need to watch a ghost story. I still haven't you, seen it. You really should. It looks good. I just... Casey Affleck. Mm. You only see him for five minutes of the whole movie. Perfect. 
Yeah. Because he's uh, he's the guy under the sheet, right? <laughs> I couldn't tell you if he actually is. I, I mean, he... not that he, the actor, yeah. but just that <laughs> yeah, yeah. his just character is the thing under the sheet. Right. So, yeah, I've been excited for this movie. It was, it's been not in development hell, but it's been taking a minute to develop. And then it was supposed to come out last March or April, if I recall. But uh, COVID had other plans. So we're finally getting this movie. It's uh, going to be based around some Arthurian legend. Yada, yada, Ooh, yada. Ooh, I think you talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's finally coming out, and we can finally see it later this year. So I'm pretty excited about it. All right. Uh, Adult Swim has announced three new original movies this week. Each movie is going to be based on a different TV series. Well, the first being Aqua Teen Hunger Force, then Metalocalypse, and finally The Venture Bros. My name is... So I've mixed I've mixed Jake feelings. Zillow. No, I have All mixed right. feelings about this. I really, you know, am gonna love Sorry, I'm gonna be excited to watch the Aqua Teen and the Metalocalypse movie. And while I'm not the biggest Venture Bros thing or Venture Bros Venture Bros fan. Didn't do enough practicing and warming up those lips, bro. While I'm not the biggest Venture Bros fan. I find it weird that Venture Bros was canceled last year. It wasn't. I don't to... like Venture Bros at all, and the only reason I like Metalocalypse is for all the meme songs that I semi enjoy, like Laser Cannon Death Sentence. Hey, that's the best one. <laughs> right. Aqua Team Hunger Force, however, actually a good show, and because that one was actually a good show, I'm hyped for the movie, and also know I'm, I can be nothing but disappointed in whatever comes out of it. So. Totally. Okay, well, I was going to finish off by saying The Venture Bros was canceled last year, and it wasn't due to plot reasons or the creator or anything. The network just canceled it. So it's weird that they would take the show off the air and kind of pivot their creative strategy and be like, all right, guys, you're making a movie now. It's just kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Maybe the creator's cool with it. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's getting paid enough money to not care. I just find it weird that we're going to cancel shows just to get a movie. It's one thing to get a movie, you know, after everything's been said and done. Right. Like if we get a community movie. Yeah, I'll be hyped. Like, but if you canceled community just so you could have a movie. No, I, I wouldn't, you know, that'd be, or that'd strike a weird chord with me. All right. And the last piece of news, Peacock. <laughs> has announced that Demi Lovato will host a show called Unidentified with Demi Lovato. Nice. The show will be an unscripted series where she investigates UFOs with her sister and her best friend. And... This should have been with Tom DeLonge and I would have signed up, but, uh... Why, Demi Lovato? I don't why? know. I don't know. Why Peacock? It, uh, doesn't she have, like, a fucking YouTube exclusive thing going on right now, too? Like... Yeah, and she got a. I'm pretty sure Peacock gave her another show the other week. So it's, really, it's just cringe that like I'm all about people recovering from whatever mental illness they have, and clearly she had a weird battle with addiction and substance abuse and a bunch of shit. But it's like we don't need to fucking reward her for like random shit. You know what I mean? Like if her music is independently good and she's gone through that. That's great. If she's just gone through that and her music shit, still great for her on that thing, but we shouldn't just like buy the music or watch a movie because 
She's in the fucking news, and it's so cringe that they're going to keep doing it because it's going to make them money. So this is a public yeah. service announcement. Don't fucking just watch shit because people are in the fucking news. It's so cringe. Yeah, see, I, I think that's a it's a really weird aspect of, I don't know, creating TV programs. Is that some executives probably looked at the numbers and they crunched all the hosts. Like, yep. who would host a UFO series that whatever audience we're targeting would watch? And the conclusion they came to is this. And that blows me away. So are, like, are the people that are watching UFO series 16 to 30-year-old women? Like, is that the audience or the demographic that those series Maybe Maybe they did the reverse. Maybe they went, how can we capture a market that we never, ever get? Okay. Get Demi Lovato to host it. (laughs) I don't know if that would do it. I think someone like Beyonce would probably help out, but... You can't pay Beyonce enough money to get behind something that's stupid. Okay, I think you could pay Beyonce enough money, all right? Nah. She did The Lion King, okay? Peacock doesn't have enough money. Well, yeah, Peacock doesn't have enough money. Disney did. I got her whole budget for Peacock. Yeah, Disney did. What, the the 200 million they lost last year? That was just paying Beyonce. Probably, but she got paid, damn it. (laughs) <laughs> okay, uh, that was our last piece of news. If you want to go to the album releases for this week, John. No, I, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, as we have mentioned before, uh, the J. Cole album's coming out. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, which, I mean, you know, could be dope. We'll find out, I guess, shortly. Uh, 21 Savage also has an album coming out uh, today. Oh. Or you know, tonight at midnight, tomorrow, this week. Um, but get ready for it. It's from the Book of Saul. Uh, like the movie? I don't know that... Yeah, I don't know that he did the entire album for it or not, but it's... The name of it is Spiral, colon, from the Book of Saul. If he did the whole album or if he did most of it... Right. Like, that's did the, awesome. I, yeah, the Kendrick fucking Black Panther move. I didn't know I needed that. I think that fits so fucking well for no reason. Yep. I, um, wow, that's awesome! Yep. No, that's, I'm kind of hyped now. Yep, yep. Uh, so then there's also the Black Keys, uh, you know, oh, a big still, fucking still stadium band kind of thing that been releasing music independently and keep switching label stuff. And I guess they're still a fucking group. It's like two dudes, right? And that then Grammy Curse. Yep. Sometimes they got other shit going on, but yep. You got like a tenth or ninth album coming out. Delta Cream. Cool. Just. It's fucking I can people name their albums better? Like J. Cole's isn't offensive, but it's still not good. The off season. You know what I mean? Like Spiral from the Book of Saw, I get it. It's from a movie. I could understand why you'd have to go that route. But Delta Cream. And the cream's with a K. Like you know Like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you uh, get it. The last real uh I guess semi-interesting or relevant one is from uh and i don't know if her name is georgia and it's just spelled funny or it's like yorha or you know some interesting pronunciation but yeah georgia georgia smith uh be right back uh and she's a english singer songwriter i I actually really like georgia smith she's got a not exactly Nora jones but she's got that voice like yeah she's got the sound yep i agree um and then everything else is coming out as far tell it's not particularly super interesting but there's a couple albums i've definitely don't know if i can listen to like that 21 savage one is spicy 
I hope there's just an awesome single man. I, I I can almost imagine it weirdly. Well, and I guess yeah, I don't know. Um, or maybe it's a single. Maybe it's not even an album. No, it's got to be an album because it says an album. I don't know. Um, but I, I just went to Spotify to Twenty One Savages page to see, and there is a single called Spiral out. And I'm now curious: is it? Did he just do one song on yeah, the maybe studio it's album? The album is coming out, and he's on it. But what if it's a self, you if know, he an album it, like Kendrick? Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny to me that that would drop on the same day. I get. Does that movie come out this week? Like, why would it's it come out? Pretty soon. It's definitely pretty soon. Spot. I I don't watch trailers, so I kind of don't remember release dates anymore. Oh yeah, that movie came out today, so that makes sense. Wait, today Thursday today? Yeah, thirteenth today. Weird. So maybe we can watch that this week too. Maybe um, horror movie. That's a yeah. It's an interesting choice. COVID but really made that a choice. All I wanted to get to is, did you watch that um, that off season documentary video? Okay. Well, I guess for some time now. Since did you ever listen to that song, The London, or maybe heard on the radio? It's J Cole, Twenty One Savage. Probably. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Or yeah. maybe that one has Travis Young Scott. Thug too. And then I think uh, Travis Scott. Oh, is it Travis Scott? Because what's the song? Oh, it's a lot that J. Cole features on, and it's 21 Savage's song. Oh, I was thinking, well, I know that there was some. Too. <laughs> yeah, well, there was one song that started it off. Like, they're like, I don't know, relationship. And they talk about it a little bit in the thing, but like, 21 is featured in that little, you know, announcement documentary. I don't know what it's called, hype documentary or making of, but it's not really a making of. And I obviously didn't watch it, so hard for you to put a name on it. But. Uh, is 21 Savage, like, and J. Cole, I guess, are not affiliated, uh, like, obviously the label level, but are close enough friends and collaborators that, like, they just hang out, you know, and, like, are totally cool with just, like, getting in the studio with each other and fucking around and not necessarily making a project or anything. Well, yeah, um, I think that a lot of song J. Cole says he sees 21 in the studio with his kid. Yes, yeah, yeah, because that's about their meeting, yeah. And then, you know, it all kind of kicked off from there. So I'm just like, it's so funny that, you know, they have this kind of working relationship that is more than just like, oh, we're two, you know, professionals in the music industry, but like, no, we're fucking homies. And they're going to drop shit on the same day. That feels weird. Because, like, that is direct competition. I, okay. I would say the spiral thing is out of 21's right. hands. Completely. Out of his hands, exactly. But if it's out of his hands completely, wouldn't you just tell your dude that, like, oh, push it back a week? I and Jay Cole's going to be like, cares. I'm way bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really doubt he cares enough to care about it. I, I I think he'll probably listen to that tomorrow and not his album, right. you know? Like, Jay right. Cole does I'm just not saying, care. <laughs> it's just funny. Like, it just seems like, it could have been planned around and it was like chosen that like i don't give a fuck but it's the same thing with the goddamn album he's like oh i don't even want to release any features and or i don't want to release any singles rather and then he gives us a single and you're like man all right anyway we can jump into the stuff we did Enough of the J. Cole mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's all I'll you brother st- yeah i'll start because my week was boring uh it's not any better I think I've mentioned before how I don't rewatch TV shows, and I broke that rule, and I regret breaking that rule, 
cringe. I started Breaking Bad again. Oh, why? I don't know, man. I was just in the mood. I couldn't find anything to watch. And I was like, you know what? This show gets good after a while. So I pretty much watched that, like all of it, in the last week and a half, maybe. And that that's why that's I don't rewatch fun. shows because I'm just watching it to watch it. It's not even I'm not gaining anything from it. I'm just waiting for the scenes that I already gained from. You know, like uh some of the scenes like the train heist or whatever. Back when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, that's one of the best moments of T V ever. But when I see it now, it's just like, Oh yeah, that's what I thought. Right. I, I didn't forget anything. That's that's still good. So I, I'm gaining nothing from this experience other than the fact that I'm reaffirming all my opinions about the show. I'm getting this? No. Uh, <laughs> it's been about, what, seven years or so since it's been on the air? Eight years? Probably more. And... It was 2013, so yeah, like eight. And to this day, Walter is the only character that, like, has good scenes. Anything with his wife or his kid or the other family, I just don't care about watching. I'll get my phone out, you know? You don't like Jesse either? I mean, not really. His side stuff is just kind of repetitive. It just, it's kind of the same thing over and over. And then you... What about Hank? Oh, well, Hank's all right. Hank's Hank. Um, Yeah. I think Hank and Walter are also the two best characters, but... Yeah, and it's just reaffirming that fact. Like, nothing has changed. My opinion has not changed whatsoever. I'm still not caring about the scenes I didn't care about beforehand, which is just weird to me. This is why I don't rewatch TV shows. It's not worth it. Not worth my time. And that's all I watched, but I listened to Azizi Gibson's new single, Them. Good song. Good Azizi song. If you like Azizi, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Uh, I like Azizi, and I thought it was okay. Yeah, get over it, John. <laughs> I'm not a real Azizi connoisseur. I can't just dick ride him for fucking <laughs> eons. Sorry. Then I listened to One Two, a single by C.S. Armstrong featuring J-Rock. Pretty damn good. Got that um, Chicago, BJ the Chicago Kid sound. Uh, not, I mean, it is R&B, but there's just that kind of, I don't know. There's a difference to it. Like, BJ the Chicago Kid isn't strictly R&B. I feel right. like, yeah, if you've listened to him, you know exactly what I'm saying. Uh, it's definitely got that sound, and then J-Rock kills it. It's a very chill kind of summer beat. Pretty good single. And then, finally, I listened to Van Weezer. That was awful. That was awful. Yeah, we called it that it was going to be terrible. Just the name alone, right? Oh, kind yeah. of set the precedence of it was going to try to be this, like, 80s, you know, hair metal... Oh, and the thing. logo too? They literally just used the Van Halen font? Yep. Like, yep. what? <laughs> it was literally, it was like they were trying to fucking pay homage, but just refused to actually do that and literally just stole things and made it worse, objectively worse. Like, literally, the fucking, what is it, Blue Dream, the one that has the uh, crazy train riff? <laughs> the Black Sabbath crazy, or I guess, is that Ozzy Osbourne at that point, or is it Black uh, Sabbath? You know, I. It's Black Sabbath, Ooh. but I don't know. It's a timeline I thing. That's all it I want to say that was like Ozzy's first like solo stuff. But either way, Crazy Train, literally like one of the most popular songs of that era, mm-hmm. and they took the riff and just made a way worse song. And no offense, but like Weezer makes okay like pop music when they have a hit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep, yep I know. Exactly. So their writing is not good, 
in general, like on an album perspective, they have some good albums, and that's because they're carried hard by like the three good songs on you know a otherwise pretty lengthy project. And this was just egregious, like arguably one of the most offensive things I've ever listened to. It, it, it had all so my bad. it had all my complaints of classic rock yep. in this album. Like they didn't take any of the good stuff from classic rock. They said let's take the bad, the recognizable stuff, um, like a needless guitar solo in four songs. I'm pretty damn sure four of these songs have well, just random the- screeching guitar solo after about two minutes. Just classic rock sound. Yeah. That's what they wanted. They were like, we're just going to make the electric guitar the focus of every song. And the only way we know how to do that is to rip off some of our favorite old artists. <laughs> I think... And, yeah, it's just so bad. I think the last song was the most okay one because it just sounded like Weezer. <laughs> it, didn't, yeah. it didn't sound like anything else or it didn't pay homage to anything. It just sounded like Weezer. And that was the only one I sort of enjoyed. I, I wouldn't even go this far to fully say enjoyed. But uh, yeah, that's that's my eventful week. Really wasn't that great. Kind of a bad week, really. I'm really wasn't much better. Uh, I literally watched nothing. Uh, I, need, I need a new so. anime this week is what I need. Rewatch uh, Yasuke or how nope. do you say it? Just uh, whatever, dude. I haven't watched it, so I don't know how he says it. It just looks like <laughs> okay. Yasuke. Um, wait, so wait, did you not listen to the J. Cole single? Oh, oh yeah, I did listen to that. I just forgot to mention it. Okay, because that's the first thing I want to talk about. I have been seeing a lot of really, like, good hype about the project based on the single. And so I was kind of like, okay, the single should be dope. It was totally fine. And honestly, it was a letdown because of how much hype it was. And because, again, the previous project, uh... Actually, previous two projects, no singles, no lead-up. Any song that came out before him that was a single, quote-unquote, whether it was intended for that project and then later got removed from that project, was not on said project, you know? So, like, again, 2014 Four Sills Drives, like, one of my favorite albums of all time. Perfect front to back. And I think it's a large part due to the, hey, I'm dropping this thing tonight, boom, dropping it. And also the no singles that can make it sound worse or, like, make my mind go in a direction and then listen to the thing and it's completely different. I, I do think that strategy lent itself very well to KOD too. Yes, I and believe, KOD. I believe KOD would not have been that crazy if he was just hyping it up like a normal album, but since it was like a surprise drop on 420, I'm pretty sure, it was amazing. It was just yeah. just the fact that you got all that music at once on uh, and it was a like, pretty good day. It had like Interesting music videos, which I think is like a thing that people don't try to capture really anymore. Right. Like, yeah, uh, if you have a music video, yeah, it's just like whatever. But, um, yeah, I was like really disappointed in this. So, if this is single worthy for him to change his whole paradigm, I'm less than looking forward to this. But then I watched a little documentary, and of course, it was interesting enough. It didn't really give anything away. There was no real songs. He like, he heard one bar and. 21 Savage nodded along to it. I mean, I, it was nothing. I think it's getting to a problem when we kind of expect from J. Cole. You know, it I, I it goes to what you're saying. This this song just sounds kind of like J. Cole, you know? I'm I'm fully expecting just the, the J. Cole album. I right. you know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes out with something fire. But with this single with interlude, I think that's what it was called. 
Um, yep, interlude. Yeah, and it's all spaced out too, which I don't even want to get into. But it's just create. He's different. He's random. Okay. It really should be titled I N T E R L U D E. Uh, it's actually what it is. it's not interlude. It should be I that middle dot in middle dot T. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but yeah, and so then you know, I think it was yesterday or the day before he uh was at fucking L.A. Leakers, you know. 106.3 radio station or whatever it is in LA um, and did a couple freestyles and the freestyles were fire and they almost sounded like pre-written so I would not be surprised if most of it was pre-written it definitely uh, was free verse like, there's no but, way that was off the top so some parts did feel off the top because there were parts where like you could tell he was like fucking up which is totally fine because the freestyle it makes it seem better when there is a fire portion inside of it, but I don't know. It, I was like, if this album is more like that, I'll be hype. Even if it is pre-written, right? Because pre-written means that, you know, he's written bars that he didn't think were good enough for an album because he's not repeating bars. He's not that fucking, you know, amateurish. But, you know, it, so if it leans more that style than the interlude, I'll be happy. But the interlude was kind of a disappointment for me. And then uh, I, you posted it, but that Rich Don't Stop Saba, really good. Yeah, um, I wasn't sure if we had talked about that. So I put it on the playlist, but I wasn't sure if we mm-hmm. had already mentioned it. Yeah, Rich Don't no, Stop No, because I, I think we talked about the Ziploc thing mm. that came out with it, but we didn't talk about Rich Don't Stop for whatever reason. Which is a better song, yeah. in my opinion. Ziploc's just very Saba-esque, just very yep. nonchalant yep. Saba. But Rich Don't Stop seems like classic Saba, which is great. And then did you listen to that Isaiah Rashad, Isaiah Rashad song? Yes, I, I did. I just didn't write anything down. I couldn't think of anything. So I really like the Isaiah Rashad song. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. And I don't know that this is true of this song that's out, but I should actually look it up right now. But he's been hanging out a lot with Kenny recently, Kenny Beats. Uh, and I don't know, man. If they have some kind of collab album thing going on or even just like a small project, I'm going to lose my shit. And don't be like, well, I told you in 2013, Isaiah Rashad was good. I mean, I wasn't going to say it. No, I, but yeah, I, I thought said, it was I'll just forever, I'll forever say that about Flatbush and Freddy. The other, whatever comes after, I don't care. So yeah, uh, that, that's, that's unfortunately all I did and really almost nothing. Wait, 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 hold on. One last thing I just remembered. Uh, that song that I add to the Spotify, it's just that little simple beat. Uh, smoothies on the queen yeah did you listen to that i didn't even bother okay so that song is at the or is on the outro of every single uh stupid compilation youtube video like literally like cringe topia montage tiktok cringe montage that beat mm-hmm. is on the end of every single one of those or like it's by the same guy but these videos have millions and millions and millions of views. This song has less than a thousand streams. And it's That's crazy cringe. to me. Yeah, it's crazy to me that people hear this song probably a lot throughout their day, you know, not really recognizing it, but they don't even care. It's just like, ah, okay, that's a beat, whatever, move on, probably not a real song. Because if you look at his monthly re- listeners, it's only 2,000, maybe 3,000. But you look up those videos, and I swear there's at least a million views on every single one. Mm. But yeah. You know who produced it? The guy. Him? Hollywood Cole. Totally. 
Now that means that this guy took his name from a J. Cole song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? Right? But, uh... It's the, the one that they, Hollywood Co. is how it starts. Like, it's literally a J. Cole cosign, pseudonym, I don't Kung think... Fu Kenny thing. Like, what, no. if, what if there was a producer named Kung Fu Kenny, man? <laughs> I don't. Okay, but that's on original thought. There's got to be multiple Kennys out there who call themselves Kung Fu Kenny. Literally hundreds of Kennys out there that have done that. Or Hollywood Cole. That's not even like J. Cole's original idea. No, Ho- I'm sure it's Hogan. not. I'm sure it's not. I'm just saying who is who has popularized that particular iteration of that thing. Not this producer. So it's just weird. I don't know why you would choose to do that. I don't know. I so just meant... Gonna get- for etc maybe i just meant it's maybe an homage to you know like hulk hogan changing it to hollywood hogan so it's like maybe the, i doubt okay. it i i don't I know doubt i'm pretty sure it's probably close but uh that's I all i wanted to mention if we want to move on to the reviews yep yep um any preference on order here or Not re- we've been doing album first a lot do you want to keep that up Let's see. And yeah, in this case, I think I do. I mean, there's enough I could say, but I think I still have more to say about the movie in general. But Agreed. if you don't want to, we don't. No, have to. we don't. Totally can. All right. Uh, so fucking gorillas. Uh, self-titled gorillas. Uh, I believe two thousand two thousand one. Uh, I'll go ahead and say, it's a touch long. A touch. I'll I'll say a it's touch. A touch. I'll, I'll a give touch in a long. little bit. Um, but with that being said, I don't think it's, it's not long in a bad way. It's just long in a, I'm not sure this needs to be that long, but I couldn't exactly point out like which song, like no song felt egregiously long. Like even, you know, Clint Eastwood, which is long, it's like almost six minutes, but it's just a really good song. You know what I mean? You don't need that. I think maybe... The extra one at the end, the last version. I don't think the they need that remix at all. That threw me. I was out confused of the by album it completely. Yeah, that was. Weird. Yeah, I was confused by it. So, but again, that's only four minutes, and I'm like, this thing would still be over an hour. So I'm like, there's probably more fat to trim somewhere, but yeah, I, I'm hoping. Whole... I'm hoping that remix was a bonus track or something. Right, or... right. I don't. I don't know because if you want to group it up with the album, it really threw me for a loop and took me out completely. <laughs> like. I was like, oh, okay, the album's coming to an end. And then it's like, oh, wait, I've heard the song. Oh, oh, wait, it's a shitty remix. Yep. 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 Um, yeah, so, and again, as far as, like, organization uh, and, like, you know, the sequencing of it, um, I, I don't think this one had, like, a three-in-the-row kind of trilogy thing yeah. that I personally experienced, but... Sadly not. Um, I don't think there was ever, like, a lull in the album. Either there was a good song followed by a bad song, or a good song followed by a good song. And, of course, that's pretty good when you can get that much, like, consistency throughout and not have me go, like, yeah, the front album was good, but once I got those, like, last five songs, I was fucking done. So, that, that was pretty cool. But, I honestly, besides Clint Eastwood, I don't know that there's even one close to being my favorite. Like, the songs I liked, I don't know that I would necessarily go back and be, like, re-listening to them all the time or anything. Whoa, 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 whoa. 19 Really? You, that's the one? I absolutely love 19-2000. I don't... I mean, I don't want to specifically get into this right now, but whatever. We can jump ahead of it. I don't think there's a song that just... 
captures a mood so well. I don't know what the mood is. I'm not going to explain mm-hmm. that. But captures what it's trying to do so well. I'm not sure I can name a song. I. It's not that this song... As good as 19, 2000, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that this song's amazing or musically genius. It, it just sets the stage for what it's trying to do or how it's trying to come across. How, you know, you're trying to perceive it or whatever. Um, I absolutely love 19, 2000. Like, I could probably listen to that song. Yeah, I really like the production, but I don't know. It's not like a... I don't think the hook is catchy enough or, like, the melody catchy enough that I care to hear it repeat itself for like four minutes yeah uh you know that's a matter of opinion really that's really what <laughs> that's how all these things work it turns out um uh, i mean i do like that song but it's my problem with gorillas really as a whole like there's maybe four songs from their entire repertoire that i re-listen to see because listening... i get it but i don't care listening to this album makes me sad because you listen to this album it's got a lot of diversity there's uh, definitely some unique parts, but it's it's still concentrated. You know, it's still cohesive enough that you can tell it's on the same album. And if you enjoy a few songs, you're probably going to enjoy the next few. But that makes me sad because that, his last like, two or three albums haven't been that at all. They've yeah. been random-ass songs that don't really feel like they should be on the same album. He brings out these features like Beck and Elton John that add nothing, absolutely nothing to whatever song they're on. Uh, I think that last album, the Machine, Music Machine, Happy Music Machine or whatever, every single song had a feature on it. Whereas he can prove that he... Yeah, Song Machine Season 1, Strange Times. (laughs) Yes, yes. Damon Albarn. Albarn? Uh, Albarn, yeah. Yeah, David Al- Damon Albarn, everybody. See, he can he can stand, you know, on his own two feet. So it's weird that these days it seems like he's just got all these weird influences that aren't exactly helping him. I mean, I'm sure creatively, yeah. But when I right, just listen right. to the albums themselves, I don't really care. So bringing it back to this album, I really enjoy, you know, the lo-fi beats the new job is kind of feel to everything well not every single song but to a lot right, of the but, songs obviously right. uh deltron his two features i think are pretty damn good especially clint eastwood i mean that's uh not a classic it's iconic clint eastwood it's iconic, iconic. Very I, iconic. I, it, might, it might be a classic it's got like one of their most plays uh yeah uh and then there were some songs that I was kind of confused on. Left Hand Suzuki Method. That was a really weird one. The last song before the remix. Oh, yeah. Really, the last three, if you even exclude the remix, I didn't particularly care for. Uh, is Latin Simone in one of those? No, that's number 12. Okay, because I, I really like Latin Simone. I and like I, that one, too. Yeah, and I've been watching Breaking Bad, so it's just like perfect timing or something to get that mariachi kind of uh folk sound i don't know how to describe that better you know there's not a lot of negative songs i can't really tell you a lot of bad songs i don't have any well that was my thing i i think the ones i didn't like ended up just being ones i forgot about you know ones that didn't stick with me but that's not necessarily a bad sign and overall i think 
it's not a great thing for an album to have, but it's definitely better than me being like, I remember the shit out of how awful that was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you yeah, know? it's better for some songs to be middling than offensive. That's yeah, obviously true. Uh, what were some of your favorites? Did you say it was just Clint Eastwood? So, so, no, no, no. That was the only one I would ever come back to and re-listen to. I had a bunch of likes. Um, obviously, Clint Eastwood is up there. Uh, Latin Simone, which we both just said, the Que Pasa Contigo is fucking... This... That one's probably the most interesting song on the album because they really changed up from their whole paradigm from before. Um, I don't really... I, we've not really talked about this before, but like, why the fuck do people do alternate titles to songs? Oh, with parentheses? Yeah. Is it because they were between the two, they couldn't decide, and they were like, fuck it, we'll just make it an alt title? Like, I don't know. Like, why? Well, I think, uh, specifically to this album, I, I don't know about other artists, but specifically to this album, because I was thinking about that, I think the parentheses are just a recognizable phrase or word. Because New Genius... Doesn't say the words "new genius," but in parentheses it says "brother," and it does say "brother," and it says "brother" a lot in that song. That's a part of the chorus. It says "brother," uh, and I, I think that's the same thing with Latin Simone. I don't know if it says that phrase ever, but yeah, it does. It does. It does. But that makes I sense. I don't know. That, that's that's my guess. I'm not sure if other artists uh, follow those guidelines, but Damon Albarn seems to. Yeah. Um... And those are probably my, like, you know, I, I put a like by 5-4. Um, um, I put a like by Rock the House. Uh, what's the other one? Oh, I put a like by Punk. But, eh, you know. You didn't like Tomorrow Simone. Comes Today? Tomorrow Comes Today? No. Really? Huh. That's a, for me, that's a classic Gorilla song. That's like one of the three songs I knew off this album, you know. I mean, I knew, I knew it, but that's, I mean, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm, I, my brothers have played it enough times that I'm like, eh. Mm. Uh, it's, also, it's a little slow for me. It's like, it's not even a long song, it's just slow. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, some of my favorites, other than the ones I talked about, I really like Tomorrow Comes Today. But I actually really like New Genius. Yeah. I don't know why it kind of it grew on me. I think the first listen when I listened, you know, days ago, it was okay. But when I came back to listen to it yesterday and today, I actually seem to really like that. And I don't know what's wrong with me, but double bass is awesome. I don't know what's wrong with me, man. It's not even. I don't think it's a good song. I really don't. But I just had to listen to it sometimes. It's almost like a trance. It's very trance-like, just... Yeah, no, I feel that. Uh, my problem is, I don't like... And again, it's just because I really don't like distortion as, like, a musical effect that much, but it's the same reason I didn't particularly like New Genius. There was, like, one particular sound, and it's, like, a fucking horn, and it almost makes it, like, uh... Old, like, cowboy western movies where, like, the fucking Lone Star dude is walking around, and it's he's all by himself, and then it's, like, a in the background like you know the fucking yeah. like classic cowboy duel songs etc mm -hmm. it had that horn high pitch like ascending sound every like five to ten seconds and it really pissed me off and then double bass it's similar they like do this weird distorted like i don't know if it's like a standing bass or an electric bass or what it is but i just oh god it was i didn't like it it just 
it's not grading so much as it is like I don't know what people like about it. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a it wasn't particularly offensive. It just wasn't good. Uh, I will say it's funny. Now you're not complaining about that cowboy sound because of the cowboy sound. You just because like it's it's place in the song. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't hate the cowboy sound. I, I like, hate Clint that. Clint Eastwood that song literally that. uses the cowboy noise for like its whole beat. You know. Um. Yeah, that was just find that funny. You know, I don't know a lot more to say about it other than you know I appreciate that range that he has. Uh, maybe we'll tackle Demon Days sometime. See if it stacks up to this one. That's the one with Feel Good Ink. Yes, that's the. It's gonna be a better album. That's for the sure. Gorillas album that people you know, yeah. people really like. I'd give it a pretty solid out of ten. Yeah, it, I'd give it like a seven. That's it's fine. definitely a great um, first studio album for a group. Oh, for yeah, I mean, like for a dude, right? It's really a group. I mean, yeah, but, an I artist. Mean, he, he was a part of other groups before, so it's kind of weird to say that that it's his first studio album. So it's kind of because uh, it's this artist's first studio <laughs> yeah, album yeah, as yeah, this yeah. artist. It's really good for that. Yeah, uh, but I, I'd still give it like a seven five, maybe eight, maybe eight. Definitely, I don't know. I could be convinced to eight. I could be convinced to a seven five, probably, but eight seems stretching it. I think it laid all the bases pretty well for you know uh, an artist to continue upon. If we want to move on to the movie, though, yep, we've got yep. Has a glory the nineteen fifty seven fucking Stanley Kubrick World War One, but not World War One movie. France it was literally, yeah, France also, <laughs> which is hilarious. They're all French, apparently. That you just... was the funniest fucking part of this whole movie. Actually, and... you know what? That's the only funny part of this whole movie. Because <laughs> this movie's not a comedy. Right, it's well... It... So it's clearly like an anti-war movie, right? Are you sure? You sure about that? <laughs> they didn't beat me over the head with that thought? Uh, and again, as someone who is anti-war, uh, that's cool. Did I care, though? That's my thing, yeah. I so the characters were interesting. I thought the acting was pretty good for the most part, except for the fact that I found it just egregious with the American playing French people. And then sometimes it was like, "Oh yeah, I'm a," <laughs> and you're like, "Stop!" Like I don't care what the fuck you're about to say. Your name is. We know it's not that. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm Bernard Soulier. Well, like, I'm, no. I'm glad one of the uh, the the general, the scarred general. Uh, I'm glad his name's just Paul. <laughs> yeah. Like, he might have had a French name. It might have been right. pronounced different, but nah, it's Paul. Um, And I don't know if you know anything about any of the actors or actresses in this, but... Just Kirk it was Douglas. A, yeah, it was just an interesting thing that I looked at after the fact, because uh, I went to, like, the wiki page and started, like, you know, perusing the filming of it, because I was curious what little fucking chateau they got to pretend to be the Palace of Versailles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh... And it turns out they filmed basically the whole movie in Germany. And so they just got some, you know, random little actress to be that final scene woman, right? Where she's singing in the bar. Uh, it turns out Kubrick marries that woman. And this is like where they met. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. Uh, and then the other little tidbit was that uh, Timothy Carey, who plays the soldier... Uh, one of the three soldiers being executed, the really tall, weird one, the who's like crying too much. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
Timothy Carey, who I didn't know anything about, but is an actor from the time, uh, literally got fired during production. Yeah. So they, I guess they filmed some of those prisoner scenes first, and then every other scene that has his character or supposed to have his character intentionally like doesn't show his face and is replaced with a body double. And apparently he was just like ridiculously hard to work with. He even faked his own kidnapping at one point during production. And I was like, this should be a fucking movie. <laughs> That's so much more interesting. Yeah, yeah, fuck Mank. I want to know the making of Pads of Glory. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, as far as like the movie's concerned, obviously it did the war scenes well. And whoever was, I, I can't, maybe it was Paul that was, no, it was Dax, right? The dude who's like fighting for the three guys. That's and... Kirk Douglas, yeah, Dax. I thought he was literally the only character worth a damn who had, like, an interesting take that wasn't, like, her dear, we're all pompous French assholes and loyalty over country and war, baby, and fuck yeah. It was, it was literally, fuck yeah, America the movie, but we're making them French people. <laughs> it's weird. I, I don't know where to start with this movie. It's, like, I really liked a lot of the parts, but I didn't like them coming together. Kind of like uh, camel style, you know? It's got a lot of good parts, but putting it all together, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, the, even even the acting, I enjoyed the guy who played General Paul. Uh, Kirk Douglas, I think, killed it. But some of the side characters were just that old school, the acting you don't like, the hammed up. Just yep. hamming it up, huh? You know, like that. Uh, the drunk guardsman. I absolutely hated his acting. It was just that I couldn't do it. it. It was it was hard to watch, honestly. But then there, you know, other good parts that the set, the amount of extras, the production—you literally have to acknowledge those because, I mean, just sp- just the camera work. There was like a lot of really cool tracking shots that I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? Um, there was one really. Sad example of like set design uh when they're doing like the tracking shots through the trenches during the big you know trying to take ant hill or whatever uh and you're following dax you know go up and down and then he ends up going back to the trenches so between him going up and down and forward and advancing to retreating and telling that people stuck in the trenches that they need the gtfo there's a shot where like an explosion happens and it's like the camera's tracking 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 we're following him forward but the camera's kind of fixed and you're looking at him going over a hill. On the hill is a body, but unlike all the other ones where it's like you watch someone collapse and who's just who's just been shot um, next to him or whatever, there's just a corpse on the ground or someone bleeding out or injured on the ground. It's like a car test dummy. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and they've used that to set the explosives up in and then explode that body. And it looked so bad. Yeah, I know it's the dummy. I, I was—I didn't even write it down. I just figured and it's like, okay, old movie. Couldn't get a you know actor to do that. Yeah, I just—they had actors play dead though. So why did they need the dump? Like, you didn't have to explode the corpse. It didn't add anything. It just made me go, why the fuck did they use the dummy? Right. Uh, I mean, you know, explosions are dangerous. Simple as that, probably. I'm saying, why explode a body at all? Just have a explosion next to a, you know, like. I don't know. I don't know. I think we need the exploding body. I really do. 
Yeah, it really added a lot nuance and excitement. Uh, you know what? I'll just talk about that scene, then get back to whatever I was talking about. Uh, the assault scene, that tracking shot, the full shot of him just going through the trenches with this gun, that was awesome. That was really so, cool. felt just modern, felt very sleek. It literally felt like 1917 at one point for me. I was like, this is dope. I haven't seen that, so totally. Oh, you should. It's really, really good. Okay, well, I mean, I I might since World War One, but um, double double really for emphasis. Wow. All right. Like really, comma really. You know. Yes. Okay. So yeah, that scene is amazing. I just can't stress that enough because now I want to talk about like the stuff I didn't care for, like the recon scene where they're at night with the drunk guy and the two dudes go that was awful that was awful that was a bad scene that was bad and oh and that was before the assault scene so you're setting up this fantastic piece of cinema by giving me this really bad example of cinema and it's kind of weird uh then i want to talk about i thought the writing was really well put together and the characters on how they kind of were interwoven with each other. You know, how you had the commanding officer become the executing officer, yada yada. I really liked those aspects, but I don't know if that's the movie's fault or the novel's fault. And that makes the review of this really weird. Like, if I'm reviewing just that certain aspect, I don't know if the interweaving stories is the novel this is based on, or if the movie actually did this itself. Um... Which is just, I, I, I don't know how to tackle that part. But then I'll talk about um, the emotional draw. The way they kind of, I don't know, got you on the side of the innocent guys. Yeah, it's a little blatant. It's very heavy-handed. But you understood, you kind of understood where everyone was coming from. In a weird way. I mean, yeah, yeah, I like... It made the bad guys, quote-unquote, obviously bad. But at the very least, their perspective was well understood from the start. And it wasn't like, you know, like, you know, like Inglorious Bastards, like Hitler and the Germans are all portrayed as like just bloodthirsty savages who just want to kill all Jews, period, the end. And also, you know, we'll take over Europe while we kill the Jews too. That's fine. In this movie, even the bad Frenchman who was like, you know, I'm just a good soldier through and through, and I'm just doing what's best for the country and the war, and da da da. You didn't feel like he was ever trying to actively kill his troops. He was like, it's just one of the necessary evils. And if you happen to fucking die, like, you're at goddamn war. Like, get over it, you know? So, yeah, he was clearly a bad dude, but it wasn't. He wasn't unmotivated. Like, a lot of fucking characters are written that are evil. Like,. Yeah, he can be a crazy, chaotic, evil kind of dude, but it's much more interesting when there's like a, a re- like you know Thanos, right? Like he had a reason behind what he's doing. Clearly evil, but how evil is it? You know, there's a there's a moral argument to be made, and it's the same for this movie too, which was interesting. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, there was a lot of good writing, and then there was a lot of weird writing, and I don't know who's at fault for it. But again, like. I, why, why did we care about the drunk French officer side plot? Even when it resolved in the end of, like, Dax making him the guy who had to give out the orders, and you know, like, that guy's gonna be fucked up for life now. Yeah, it, it felt kind of pointless. 
in a weird yeah way. i just felt like yeah why do i why do i give a rat's ass or the the scene where he uh one of the soldiers is asking how you want to die I oh yeah yeah and you're, they're like clearly felt <laughs> bullets just, that felt useless to me completely i didn't and it's such a weird thing to say about a movie that felt like it was trying to rush me out the door yeah like it's weird that I'm complaining about some of the scenes that happen in the movie that felt like it. Uh, y- you know, you bought your ticket and now it's like, all right, nothing to see here, folks. You need to go home. Show's yeah. over. <laughs> like it's weird how succinct to a fault almost. Mm-hmm. Where it, it tried to trim the fat, but it trimmed a lot of the fat. I mean, maybe all the fat. Right, uh, right. And maybe just uh, not the and right all places. meat steak is not that great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then cut sort of in the wrong places because some of these scenes are absolutely pointless and don't add anything to the situation at hand. Uh, you know, I, I really did enjoy going back to the characters. I enjoy that other general, the kind of the neutral general. I would argue. Yeah, yeah. I really liked just his by the books. Oh, get over it, like. Sorry, you could have been a good soldier. My bad, man. You know, whatever. Uh, I think that added a really cool touch to it. Almost balanced out how anti-war this was. Because obviously this movie sets up, you know, uh, Kirk Douglas, he's the hero. He's the guy you relate to. And he's anti-this. So you're pretty much anti-war. I mean, I'm I'm summarizing this very simplistically. Um, And then you have the evil general... And he's, you know, all about war. And it felt very heavy-handed, but it's kind of nice that they put in the neutral general who sees both right, sides of each character. Exactly, right. in each... Uh, well, and then yeah. even he, to an extent, is like, oh, yeah, that's a big fuck-up that the other general did. Like, But then he goes, well, I thought you were doing it for this reason, which would make sense. Yeah. And now you're telling me you're just a bitch. <laughs> and you're like, okay, okay. I get you. Yeah, get you're just you. an optimist. Like, get over yourself. Yeah. And then I, I really liked what he did or what that character did. Um, even from that beginning shot where they're walking around the room talking uh, and just like going around the table and right. then they go left and they go right and then they go around the table again and they go left and right. Uh, I, I literally noticed the going around the table thing because I didn't get it and I was like, oh, maybe they had to get out of the way physically for the camera to be there. I think that was just the choice. <laughs> just... Let's walk around this room for a scene. Because it's a pretty long scene. It seemed like a single take or close to a single take. So maybe that was more the point. Just kind of... Maybe it was trying to reflect the assault scene. Yeah, that that kind of the one shot. Well, not one shot, but you know. um, I don't know a good way to... Not continuous either. Whatever. Whatever. Quick shots in succession like that. Whatever the correct term is for it. Uh, You know, I thought the ending bar scene was very poignant mm-hmm. but did it add yep. anything to this that was, that was gonna be my next thing that i asked you because obviously you told me about the ebert thing um but <sighs> the ending scene felt like what this type of movie totally wants totally i don't know that it needs it but like I could have totally guessed that this is how it was going to end with some slice of life. Like, yeah, we got to get back into the war. So just enjoy your last little bit of time. Homeboys, you know, pat on the back. Let's go guys. And then you have this, you know, weird, almost like 
rape is not the right word, but it felt rapey. Sexual assault, you know, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's men, where... men, and just ooh, 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 fucking beating on their chest and slamming bottles of. Then they bring out a fucking blonde hair, blue eyed German girl who doesn't speak any English. She's crying, and you're like, oh god, I don't even want to know what's happening. And then she sings, and everyone's like. Ah. Oh, I'm teary-eyed. It reminds me of the motherland. And you're like, no, you're not fucking German. You don't even know what she's saying. So I, I, it felt like something that I'm sure people back then really appreciated. But I've seen versions of that done now so much better that exactly. that was not very good. <laughs> I I thought it, it was weird. Uh, yeah, that that's where I went with these soldiers are basically sexually uh, assaulting, but like close to I don't know. Why is he, Why would I have sympathy for these characters or these uh, drones of soldiers who are doing right. this to this woman? Like, that was a really good way, for my opinion, to kind of twist. Kind of to the point where it's like, oh, fuck you guys. I don't care. Like, <laughs> go get in the trenches. Sorry about you. If you're going to do this on your off time. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, this movie, I, I think it's a a good movie. Yeah, no, it's it was, not a bad movie by any means. It was, it, and it's honestly one I would recommend watching in the repertoire of like war movies that I think are worth watching. You know, like of course I don't particularly like it, but like Saving Private Ryan is clearly just a good movie. You know, uh, Inglorious Bastards is a good movie. This is a good movie. Nineteen Seventeen is my number one. Nineteen Seventeen is literally like the best war movie. Period. Yeah. I think Dunkirk. A lot of people fucking recommend. I think, it's but good. it's, it's. I think of all the things it was trying to do, and especially, you know, British people and Dunkirk, it's like a actual big significant history thing, and we're American, so we don't really have that connection to it. So it's interesting I, yeah, to see I something no that we that didn't was. even know it existed. Exactly. That's kind of cool. And that element of Dunkirk I can get behind. Um, and I think it's something that in movies doesn't happen a lot. Like, typically we get, you know, Superman, Batman, etc. We don't get weird little side comic book stories. And similarly, in like a historical even fiction, but most of the time, like, some kind of biopic film. If you're going to get a gangster, it's going to be one of the biggest gangsters of all time. It's not like, you know, it, or a heist movie, all, all, all the things. So it doesn't, point being, this movie did none of the things that I think those other movies that are worth watching are good for, but it does capture, like, the, I guess, like, the old style of things, if that makes sense. Like, this had very clearly, like, if not theater actors, like, perhaps to the point of being overly trained actors for the most part. But that's still an interesting, like, at least historical perspective, you know? And again, the camera work was fire for, like, 90% oh, of the movie. Yeah, so yeah, it's totally that. worth watching just to be like, wow, that was really pretty. Um, as far as the plot goes, meh, mids. Yeah, the, I, I just thought the big problems were the pacing or lack of pacing even yeah uh, i think the lack of pacing. <laughs> yeah. uh, i thought the time theme, just happened somehow <laughs> i thought the themes um were i don't know blatant like i think that's the best word the opposite of nuance yeah yeah i feel like it was one note was the problem yes not yes. not that that's it not that it was a bad choice it was the only choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i was given no room to make my own interpretations about anything at all like not one bit. except for when that neutral general came in and you he questioned it a little bit just slightly but, but not enough ended with kirk douglas walking off you know into the credits right. or whatever um if i want to if i had to give it a score i'd give it an eight yeah i would give this an eight yeah. i think 
for all the good it does, it definitely outweighs the bad that it did. And I think, again, a lot of it's rooted in the time. Like, I think the weird, like, what we consider the weird sexual assault cringe was made to be weird, right? I mean, the whole movie's anti-war. Taking prisoners of war is it's and highlighting that this woman is clearly uncomfortable with that situation is a very clear, this is a weird thing going on. But I don't think there's the implication of a group of Riley men necessarily harassing her one thing, but would they consider it harassment even as a whole separate matter? Like, you know what I mean? Like the jeering and the whistling and the, again. Different time, huh? <laughs> yeah. Just, I think, I'm going to chalk that up to a different time, not excuse yeah. it by any means, but... Yeah, I don't think things like that particularly detract from this particular movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I had to, if I was only watching, you know, black and white World War II movies and cowboy movies, and then this came out in theaters and I saw this, probably blow my fucking black and white brain out. But well, and that's the other thing too. This could have been a World War II movie. This had no reason this to be a World War movie. One movie. Yeah, this could have been yeah, any war. It could have been literally pick any war anywhere because it didn't really matter, and especially because. They weren't trying to capture any part of the geography except for the trenches. Trenches you know? is the only thing that you could tell this is World War One. Because <laughs> there was no part of the culture of France. Maybe some of the aesthetics, but it was clearly shot in Germany, so who knows. I, but all that to say, uh, it's like... Uh, fucking... <laughs> I don't even know how to put it into words. <laughs> It could have been literally any movie. And they happen to choose World War One, but you're like, you know, at that same time, World War Two movies are being made more often. Cowboy movies are like the only other thing going on, you know, spaghetti western style stuff. So the choice of it being World War One, I'm curious, does that feel as like uncommon as it does today? Like literally how much do we ever get to know about World War One? It's always there were trenches, period. There was a treaty signed. Germany was the aggressors. America won. I know like, things. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. and so the point being, like, whenever it's depicted, it always seems like one of those choices that someone made to go, like, we're going to steer away from, you know, convention. And clearly, this is a movie based on a novel, and the novel was obviously set in World War One for a particular purpose. This movie, however, did not feel like it served that purpose at all. And frankly, France was still fucking decapitating people up until like the 80s or 90s so firing squad doesn't make it dated either <laughs> so yeah i don't know it just felt not only the pacing but like literally the geography and like temporality portion was just completely arbitrary man we really haven't gotten war world war one movies have we no like, literally it's I... 1917 and this <laughs> i'm trying to think and i'm like i don't know if i've ever seen like and dunkirk i don't know if i've ever seen the phrase the black hand like, just anywhere but a history book, you know? <laughs> oh, actually, there is another one that I've watched in recent times. Did you watch the Tolkien movie? No, no, no. It was Biopics? No. <laughs> like, I, it's not, I don't have anything inherently against biopics. I just know what I'm getting. Right. All right, uh, you want to give it a score eight? Is that yeah, I think, I think, I think eight's totally fine for me. Oh, actually, you know what? Before we go... Quick question, do we prefer text intros or narration intros? <laughs> um, or voiceover intros, sorry. I definitely prefer voiceover intros. Because I, I can't tell, I couldn't tell. Uh, I, to me, I started hearing it, I was just like, 
God damn, just get to the movie, please. I don't need to know this is World War One. I. I know this is, okay, I didn't know it was France. But after they said it 30 times throughout the movie, I would have known it was France, you know? Right. But no, they had to have this whole minute-long introduction well, and what World War One was. The confusing part is I knew it was France from the geography, like of what they were trying to set up, because it was trench warfare and none of that was fought on american soil so these were americans i thought just fighting in world war one in europe maybe in france maybe in germany maybe like you know holland but somewhere there you know northeast continental europe and why like they literally could have just been the americans in france and for some reason they went like no nah, we're french by the way and i was like okay enjoy it makes no sense but sure why not Kirk Douglas is the most French man I've ever seen. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway. I think that'll do it for us. But next week, we are going to review Christopher Nolan's Tenet and J. Cole's The Offseason. Uh, this, <gasps> this has been episode 29 of The Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis. John Pino. And you can check us out on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week. We're out of here. Peace.